This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Fraser Nelson. So last night was the first official regional Tory party husting, where Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak faced up against each other again, but this time in Leeds in front of Tory members. Fraser, what did you make of the session? I thought this was Liz Truss's strongest performance yet. And at times I was thinking she's almost irrecognisable from the startled, scared figure that we saw on the very first debate. I remember seeing her that night thinking she's dropping out of this race. She looks she looks scared, she looked unprepared. She's, and she was even saying in the second debate how she was bad at this sort of format. I'm not sure she'd be saying that last night. She was revving up the audience. She adapted to the local format particularly well. I mean, talking about her connections with Leeds, talking about Don Revy, you know, the um, football manager. And even though it was Rishi Sunak's home turf, insofar as he's a Yorkshire MP and, and Liz is now a, a born-again Londoner uh, with Norfolk constituency, I thought she managed to make uh, make good of her local connections effectively. And I thought, you know, Rishi Sunak was good, but she was better. And it left me wondering if um, she is now unstoppable. When you look at the bookmaker's odds right now, she's now, I think, 85% chance of winning to Sunex 15% chance. Now, uh, the bookmakers can be wildly wrong. They normally are. When they go to 90% chance, you know, you, you, they're almost certainly wrong. But you're now beginning to get people saying, should Rishi Sunek now drop out of this race because Liz Truss is so ahead? I think they're saying that because he, we know that the opinion polls um, put him quite far behind her. So he would need to be winning every one of these debates. And last night, I'm not sure even his strongest supporters could say that he won last night's debate. And James, just on, on the topic of Liz Truss's momentum, Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary, has come out today to support her. Tell us about that. So, yeah, so Ben Wallace has done a piece in The Times, an interview with The Sun, to say that, that, that he, is, he is backing her. Now... This is a boost for Liz Truss in that if you think back, uh, put, put, put your historical memory on, just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Ben Wallace was, the Conhome survey implied, the preferred choice of Tory party members to become the next leader. So obviously to get his backing is is a boost for her and confirms her kind of front runner status, I think, especially considering that he, how long he has waited to make his endorsement. The fact he is now weighing in is, uh, you know, definitely confirms that she is the front runner in this contest. And I think, you know, uh, uh, and, that, you know, she has a front runner's confidence about her at the moment as well. So I think she will be very pleased with that. And you could see last night, there was a moment in the hustings when both Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss were asked by Nick Ferrari, who was hosting, what they would say to Ben Wallace to gain his support. And I thought you could see in their answers, you know, uh, you know, that Liz Truss was pretty confident that she was going to get it. And lo and behold, um, an hour or two later, she had it. Fraser, this comes at a time when pollsters have been pretty busy. There are multiple polls flying around this week um, claiming to basically know who would be more appealing to swing voters in a general election. Uh, there's a YouGov poll which puts Rishi Sunak ahead, but there are also other polls that put Liz Truss ahead. What is your feeling about this? Is it possible to poll something like this so far ahead of any general election? It's possible, but it's not very reliable. I mean, when you're asking voters to do an imaginary contest against politicians who they're not really familiar with, 
then you're not going to get very accurate results. I mean, most normal people only really zone in to political discussion in the very, very last weeks of a campaign. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you've got an unusually high interest in politics. Um, most people, uh, alas, do not listen to coffee house shots and do not really track what sort of person Liz Truss is or Rishi Sunak or, for that matter, Keir Starmer. Now, so, so when you're doing a general poll, asking people, do you, know these, do you know these guys, what do you think of their characteristics? You can't really tell very much. I mean, Theresa May, let's not forget, was hugely popular in the first few weeks of her premiership. And she did very, very well in the local elections. But then a month later, in the general elections, she tanked. And that's because people came to know her a lot more. But in, in that four-week interim period, they heard a lot more about her policies. They heard about her... Um, the so-called dementia tax, and she lost. So therefore, the opinion that, or somebody's positive or negative opinion poll rating of a little-known candidate is very, very vulnerable to revision either way. It could well be that, that Liz Truss ends up doing to Keir Starmer what she's doing to Rishi Sunak, or she might not. She might end up being more the character we saw in the first debate. We don't know, and I don't place that much store in the general Pools. But Fraser, Liz Truss, um, surely by now, is not an unknown candidate. You know, she's not quite like Penny Morden, where people outside Westminster didn't know who she was. She has been a foreign secretary for a number of years now. She's relatively known, isn't she? Well, relatively, you're right, relative to the average politician. But if you were to go out to a typical Yorkshire town, I wonder how many could pick Liz Truss out of a lineup of, of um, And then, if somebody wants to be your prime minister, you listen carefully to what they have to say. But remember, only Tory party members are, are getting a vote here. So I think that perceptions for Liz Truss are malleable. And for Rishi Sunak as well, I, I think they're malleable. My gut feeling is that he would be the more persuasive candidate when it comes to winning a general election. But Liz Truss, I mean, right now, the, the, note, the song that she's singing is designed for a Tory audience. Low tax, enterprise, etc., etc. She'd have a harder sell trying to talk about free market NHS reform to a general audience. So that's why there are question marks over here. The fact that she's doing well in this particular race does not mean that she'd do well in a general election. And also, let's not forget, she hasn't been tested. By the time the election comes, there might be an NHS crisis. There might be all sorts of other crises that she will have handled well or badly. We just don't know. James, do Tory members care about choosing a leader that wins the next election as well? Because it does feel like while the Sunak campaign is putting forward messages like they, their candidate would win in a general election, Tory members who are voting don't necessarily care about that, maybe. I think a lot of Tory members take the view that Fraser was just outlining, which is, you know, they, they treat with caution all of these polls saying how X or Y does in a hypothetical matchup. I, and I think that, you know, someone pointed out to me the other day that in the YouGov inequalities they want in the next leader, only 3% of Tory members named electability as a quality. Now, now you might say that that, that number gets it slightly wrong because, you know, do, do people regard electability as like a personal quality in the same way that they do kind of honesty or integrity? But I think I mean, there is something in that. And I think, that you know, look, I've known Richard Sunak for years, I've known, but I think that Fraser is right, that people are, people are not looking at hypothetical polling matchups, who most appeals to swing voters or this or that. I think they are trying to, to think about what this person would do as prime minister. And I think there's also, I think there's also a sense that they... 
kind of know what they want. I mean, it's quite interesting if you leave aside the kind of greyhounds question. Um, What's the greyhounds question? Oh, uh, the, the first question that Hustings was a question Rishi Sunak about whether he would ban greyhound racing or not. Um, it was, yeah, and, I, I was appalled by the question. I love dog racing. I had no idea it was controversial. I, I, thought, I thought it was interesting. I thought, I thought it was interesting. Who someone who 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 kind of meticulously prepares for things that that that, that, that was not a. I don't think either campaign had expected that question. Um, I would have vigorously defended dog racing, really. I mean, it's a real shame some of the dog tracks are closing down. Anyway. We'll leave aside all the obvious going to the dogs jokes. But I think, I think this is, I think they are, they are not basing this decision on what the polls are saying, because I think they take very much the kind of the Fraser Nelson view. Mm. And Fraser, just finally then, Rishi Sunak has a head-to-head interview with Andrew Neil tonight. Liz Truss has declined the invitation. I mean, clearly as the frontrunner, it's hers to lose, so she doesn't have to take that scrutiny. If you were advising the Sunak campaign, what would you be telling them to turn things around or to catch up? Because it does seem like this week we've seen a few policy announcements that did see them being a bit shaky about their, in their certainty that theirs is the sensible but hard to take message in having a VAT U-turn or more restrictions on the green belt or hawkish approach on China. It does seem like Rishi Sunak is bending on some of these issues. Is that the right way to go or should he be setting out his story in a different way? Well, it's a bit of a dilemma. I mean, I think it's obvious to the Sunak campaign that they had erred because they started doing a front-runner campaign where nothing's really going to change and anybody who tells you so is telling fairy tales. And then they worked out that that message might have gone down well with MPs but very badly with the members. So then they changed and he decided, OK, for the next stimulus, rather than give people a massive giveaway as he's doing right now, he's going to cut to VAT. Now, that seemed like a U-turn, but it wasn't. It was still consistent with his view that a one-off stimulus is acceptable, but a permanent tax cut is fiscal recklessness. Now, I personally don't think there's that big a divide between the two of them, but he does. But by his own metrics, it was it was consistent. The Greenbelt thing really made my heart sink. I mean, this country needs massive more house building. So to use protectionist language... I think, is not only opposite to what I think is needed when it comes to house building, but it's inconsistent with what I, I've always regarded reducing next politics to be. I mean, the green belt has receded by something like 1% over the last two decades. It's not really realistically in threat. But and so, again, technically, what he was saying wasn't that big a deal. But when he's telling Tory members that he's going to be the man positioning himself effectively as anti-development then that is a dangerous position to be in. It's not, it's, it risks sounding inauthentic to see him put on a barber jacket and, and talk about how he's going to stop all the, 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 these houses. So I guess, like, personally, I'm not very sympathetic to that. I think there's plenty green and pleasant in England, and I would like to see more of it made into homes. A minority view, perhaps, but that's, I'm just saying how, how I see things. Yes, so, so I think it's, um, it's, it's not just strange, it's slightly inconsistent with the Rishi Sunak brand, and I think a candidate that looks like he's saying something he doesn't properly believe to get elected is in trouble. So I think, ironically, if he started off with these two messages, he might be all right. But to come up with a midway does look a little bit like panic and I think has contributed to the size of Liz Truss's lead. Fraser and James, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. We'll be back to give our reaction after the Andrew Neil and Rishi Sunak head-to-head as well. So don't miss that. Thanks for listening. 